unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. It's two guests for the price of one admission today. Coming up, we'll talk to Colin Thompson, tight end for the Carolina Panthers. As we keep our fingers crossed for NFL training camps to start on time in July. And also joining us today will be Chris Hill from the Captain and Company Morning Show on OldSchool101.com. And Chris has some great perspective on the Bubba Wappa story. That's all coming up, plus a TV theme from back in the 1960s. Looking forward to that. First couple of headlines. Baseball is back. (laughs) We really mean it this time. So it will be a 60-game season. 10-team playoff. It'll be mostly uh, divisions within divisions. And it's like, for example, National League East teams will play each other and AL East, AL East teams. Same for the Centrals and the Wests and all that good stuff. And uh, there'll be some rules, changes, if you will. DH will be universal in both leagues. As someone who hates a DH, this is still way long overdue. And hopefully they'll continue that. The plan would be to include it in the next labor agreement down the road, but let's just be done with that already. And runners on second base to start extra innings to try to speed things along. And I believe the minor leagues that do that is like a 45% success rate of a game only going one extra inning with that process. Vince Carter retires from the NBA at the age of 62. No, he has a he's not really that old, but he's only 43. But he played 22 seasons that touched four decades. <laughs> so it does seem like he's been around forever. And Vince, one of the most dynamic dunkers to ever play, a member of eight all-star teams for his seasons, started the first six and a half of his career with the Toronto Raptors, followed by the New Jersey Nets right here with the Orlando Magic, the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies, Phoenix Suns, Sacramento Kings, and the final two seasons With the Atlanta Hawks, he announced his retirement because the Hawks will not be part of the NBA resumption in the bubble at Walt Disney World. And one thing I want to get on my soapbox about, and I don't do this often, uh, so please indulge me. And it has to do with wearing a mask. And, you know, we don't do, we don't delve off of sports into Topics that are hot button like this very often, but in this case, I have to because I I want sports back, don't you? And the way this has been politicized, wearing a mask means you're one way, and not wearing a mask means you're another way. That's a bunch of fooey. Come on, guys. This is just about good common sense. That along with social distancing. You know, I want everything to be as open as much as anybody, but we got to do it smart. And if we do it smart and practice those things and, you know, and for God's sake, wash your hands often. (laughs) If we just stick to that, it doesn't have to be political. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, this way or that way, whether you wear a mask or not. You just do it. Because it's it's good for your family, it's good for your neighbors, it's good for your fellow human beings, and it's good for us to do it so we can have sports back. 
And it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show Carolina Panthers tight end Colin Thompson joins us now. Colin, it is great to have you back with us. Great to be back. Thanks for having me on again. Love, love joining your show. Yeah, so, and you know, last time we spoke, you were uh, just getting set to get things started in the XFL with the Tampa Bay Vipers. And uh, as we had discussed, you know, it was all about, uh, you know, working for the, that next opportunity at the NFL, you and all your teammates and all the guys in the league. And it panned out for you as uh, you end up uh, with Carolina. Your former college coach, Matt Rule, left Baylor to take the head coaching job. And I have to ask, I mean, obviously, you know, when you go into an NFL camp, everything is earned. But uh, tell me how it is to at least know that you know what the coach brings to the table and he knows what you bring to the table. Yeah, that's extremely valuable, right? It's um, it's a blessing, um, you know, to go to work every day with the people that you truly loved in the football community. Football community is very transient, I guess for lack of a better term, it flips over a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movement. And, you know, this is a group of people that I went to battle with, won an American Conference Championship with all my teammates, but the same coaching staff. So these are people that I truly love in the football industry and and respect uh, like you wouldn't believe. And they've changed my life, my family's life, the projection. And then obviously here comes a, the call for Matt Rule out of nowhere. And, and that that's life-changing too. So very exciting stuff for me, my family, uh, my new fiance Sydney and I are ecstatic, and, and uh, we're just you know looking forward to, to go down there and compete and and trying to earn a spot just like everybody else. Yeah, well, hey, congratulations on your engagement then, and uh, yeah, so uh, you know you you had played in the AAF as you were uh, working to get back to the league, and then the XFL came around, and the coronavirus interrupted the sports world, and the XFL came no more and I had to have to feel the time you were thinking oh my gosh what the heck is this and then the Carolina Panthers thing comes out of nowhere so talk about a 180 degree turn yeah it was 180 degrees for sure the uh the the league folded and I remember sitting with my buddies at lunch and um we were sitting down and it was probably week one and I said imagine if this coronavirus canceled our season kind of kidding and whatever, four weeks later, it canceled our season, and that same group that I ate lunch with every day came up to me like, unbelievable. We were just talking about this week one. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even a thing yet, right? I think there was maybe one case in the country. It came through Seattle. So what a complete 180. Ended up having a great weekend with the guys uh, down there and in, uh, in Tampa and uh, just parted ways thinking that, you know, maybe we will come back. Maybe we won't come back. And we were talking about the next year. Well, I don't know if we're going to get into the league out of this, guys. We only played five games, but if we don't, would you come back next year? And I would say 99% said they'd be back. So there was a lot of positivity rolling up, you know, rolling down the road for the XFL. And obviously, you know, that, that, that went belly up, and that's a shame because it was a first-class league and wish it nothing but the best. Hope it comes back. It gives, gave me an opportunity, and a lot of players deserve the same one. Really a lot of good football people, just operations, coaches, um, general managers, scouts, players that don't have jobs that should. There should be more football. And the product was good, and the fans enjoyed it. So I'm kind of running on about the XFL because I really thought it was a special place. Um, but, yeah, complete 180. Ended up going to – I went to uh, Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, near Destin, and hung out there at my girlfriend's condo and took some time off, trained really hard, 
and just got in great shape and just out of nowhere uh the football gods came calling and got another opportunity to play for my college coach matt rule hey and you just never know how and when hard work is going to pay off that is for sure and uh you and even though the league had a short life you know, you uh, had one of the uh, most interesting uh, uh, plays in the league that uh, got a lot of run <laughs> with that uh, deflected uh, catch. You made that diving effort to pull in. That was uh, pretty special. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. My first, first and only catch um, in a professional football game regular season, I should say. Uh, it really was. It's the only one. I didn't catch it in the AAF. I didn't have any thrown to me. And I didn't play in the NFL regular season game. So, yeah, it was pretty special. It was pretty special. I was excited. I never point after a after a catch. Um, my high school coach said he's going to kill me if I ever do that again. I did it in high school, so. But hey, you know what? We're in the XFL. Um, it was a big play. We didn't have any wins then. I thought we needed some mojo as a team. I pointed for the first down. The offensive line uh, went crazy, and uh, it was just an awesome experience. I, I really. Uh, I really have only good things to say about my teammates down there. We had a great time. That's excellent. Well, the NFL training camps, I know uh, word uh, today was that uh, the plan is to start training camps on time. And, uh, you know, we're still going through this uh, business with COVID-19. So let me ask you, you know, you're a professional athlete and and professional athletes are in great physical cardiovascular shape and things like that. But do you still have any fears in the back of your mind when it comes to the coronavirus? Great question. <laughs> we actually were talking about this today. Uh, that's why you're doing the interview. No, it's, I don't know if I have fears in my mind about the actual virus itself because the percentages are right as a younger person, especially with no health issues, respiratory issues uh, that we know of. Um, you're in good shape. You're not going to die. You may just get coronavirus. Um, but the fear is, is bringing it home, right? You bring it home to your parents. There's a player bringing it home to his, to his mother, to his third grandparents. And then that's the issue, right, is, is, is the quarantining of the fact that, okay, we're back to work, but now we need to quarantine almost even more because we're subject to more contact. So it's a very interesting dilemma. I, again, have no background knowledge in, in any, you know, medical side of it. I just from what you hear and what you do, you don't want to get other people sick. And that's my biggest fear with it is being that guy to get somebody sick. That's just devastating. So uh, that would be my one fear, but I'd be glad to go back to work whenever we get the high sign. Hopefully it is on time. You know, who knows if it's going to be, I really hope it is. I think our country needs it. I know a lot of our players need it and miss the game, but who knows? Who knows? It's going to be an interesting, uh, next month here in sports yeah has there has there been any discussion uh from the panthers organization as in regards to anything regarding protocols or uh, things of that nature to this point yet or are you still kind of wait and see to get information yeah we're definitely wait and see standpoint um just like everybody else we're kind of just in a holding pattern here of what's the latest right and then we hear something and then it always flips back to the other thing and then it isn't what it is you know so where's the truth nobody knows nobody really knows but uh no, it's a great question. Nothing from Carolina in that sense where there's protocols. It's just kind of, hey, just be ready to go, and we're ready. To, we're, we're on plan to start late late July. Yeah, and of course, you know, with the coronavirus, you know, taking out, uh, you know, the, the mini camps that uh, take place during the offseason, it's now a Zoom world that we live in, and uh, I trust you've uh, had a lot of communication 
uh, with some teammates and coaches uh, uh, virtually, if not if if not over the phone. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, we we live in the Zoom world like everybody else, which is good. I think it's gonna it makes our our society. Uh, I would say maybe more tech savvy. That's a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. I think it it allows some the people that weren't into it before. Maybe my parents, for example, now you know are good with that. And I've had friends that are you know athletic director, former athletic director at Temple, who is now at uh, at Boston College. You know, he's telling me that hey, this is great. I, we could save money as an athletic department. With what's going on, I don't have to fly to Dallas. I don't have to do this for an American conference meeting. So um, that's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, we've done it too at Carolina. You bet for sure. We, we've had we're going four days a week there, and we just finished up. So just like a normal mini camp in OTA, two hours of meetings, then we about be two hours on the film. You know, that's what we were doing. Um, but just the film aspect, and we work out on our own. Yeah. So, and- Definitely unique times. Yeah, and you mentioned to me before we got started that you were on a Zoom call uh, with Temple. Of course, you are an alum of the university and uh, was on there with uh, several uh, former players. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that was unique. That really was. I think it was um, through a little bit of recruiting and through a little bit of from the academic uh, uh, group there led by the advisors, led by Justin Miller, who's just absolutely fantastic. Um, he's the athletic uh, academic advisor for Temple uh, Athletics and specifically Temple Football. I know he works with them. So he co- orchestrated it along with Coach Carey who was on the call and P.J. Walker, Matt Ioannidis, Tyler Medikevich, uh, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think. There's a whole host of us on there, maybe 10 NFL guys, which is really cool um, and, and a unique opportunity for us to give back to the players and tell our story and, and just be transparent of what's great, what makes great – Temple, great. The city of Philadelphia, great. Uh, what to expect at your time at Temple. Um, how to get to where we are in the NFL. And uh, it's unique for me because, as you know, I've been doing the radio for Temple now. So these are the guys I see on the plane. And now to be back in the league again, it's a very refreshing uh, refreshing thing. So it's exciting. Yeah. And as you get set to embark, I know you're chomping at a bit to, to play some football Carolina Panthers, obviously, with the new coaching staff, they also, the Cam Newton era is over as they have brought Teddy Bridgewater in. And, uh, boy, you get got to have nothing but respect for Teddy Bridgewater, who had a devastating knee injury with the Minnesota Vikings, worked hard and got back, and was really a pivotal player for the Saints last year when Drew Brees went down. He went undefeated as a starter and kept their uh, kept their season afloat. Uh, tell me what it's going to be like to be playing with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, tons of respect for Teddy. First of all, as a human being, I have not met him yet in person. <laughs> but, hey, it's a Zoom world, like you said, and that's where I met Teddy. And what a great guy. Really, what a great guy. And uh, excited to get to work with him. Just just, just a great man and, 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 and just a great player, right? You saw what he did with New Orleans last year. You kind of see the contract he got with Carolina and what they think about him. Right, he's a franchise quarterback. There's no two ways about it. Can he stay healthy? Yeah, I think he can stay healthy because he's been doing it, been healthy now for about a, for over a year, and he went and did it in a game. The hardest position in the world to play in any sport is quarterback, and he was successful at it. Really successful on one of the better teams in the NFL in the New Orleans Saints. So I'm excited to get to work with Teddy. Really am. He's a great player, and I got my butt my butt whooped by him back in the day when I was at Florida in the Sugar Bowl, and. Uh, 
And then Temple, he actually beat Temple that same season. Actually, maybe 2013, he beat Temple, beat Florida in 12 in the Sugar Bowl. Kind of came onto the map, and then I ended up not facing him at Temple. But but I know I'm very familiar with this game, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, and uh, tell me what you expect as far as you know the the offense for the for the Panthers. What things you know will Matt Rule bring from the college game, and uh, and how he will adapt to uh, the National Football League. I think the best attribute that, that Coach Rule you know would bring is just his open mindedness. He's hired you know Joe Brady as his OC, who is a NFL, college, young offensive coordinator with just a, a, a wealth, just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the game. And uh, I'm looking forward to what we're doing. I really am. It's it's a lot of good good stuff that's going to feature our best players, right? Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, our offensive line. I mean, it's 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 going to be great. I'm excited. It's it's really it's going to be a great opportunity for us to win to win some football games and play for a great staff and I know I know Coach Rule and his staff and, and the players at Carolina really don't yet but um, they're going to be really pleased when they get to know him. Yeah and you know and even though it was at the college level what Joe Brady did for, for Joe Burrow as quarterback oh, yeah. at LSU was just, just mind-boggling and astronomical. <laughs> no question. I mean Joe Burrow last year really could have had the best season in college football history (laughs) you can you're not wrong if you debate that you know if you debate that angle yeah because he just was spectacular i mean he was nearly perfect and just when you thought hey you know it's gonna fall off the tracks and never fell off the tracks (laughs) it got better the train got heavier you know so um yeah he's he was the premier oc in in college football last year and i i called games so i followed a lot what they did just a great player and seems like a, a great guy in our meetings and uh and i'm looking forward to the opportunity to play for him learn from him yeah and uh interestingly enough uh, you're going to be reunited with uh, one pj walker who you mentioned earlier he of course uh, uh made some great uh, things happen in the xfl with his opportunity with the houston roughnecks and uh, i can tell you um now this was before you had transferred back to temple but uh they had uh, replayed the uh, UCF Temple game, the J.J. Wharton catch game uh, from the from uh, the 2013 season, and oh, yeah. P.J. Walker was playing as a freshman, and I was just in awe watching him. I remember it at the time, going, "Oh my God, this kid is spectacular!" And uh, you certainly got to play with him uh, uh, at the end of, the, of your collegiate career. Uh, tell me about uh, P.J. Walker and uh, and. And since you've played with him at the collegiate level, and now you get to reunite with him at the NFL level. Yeah, I mean, he's one of my best friends. And the first person to really embrace me when I transferred into the University of Florida, no better player to embrace you than the quarterback, right? And mm-hmm. just a great guy. Uh, first and foremost, like I said, like an ultimate competitor, complete gamer, was completely fine. Just, hey, you know what, I'm going to stay at the NFL, be on the practice, hang out but decided he wanted more. I'm going to go to the XFL. I'm going to give it a try. And he lit it up, right? Like we all saw. And became the face of the league. <laughs> really, became the face of the league. And it's just fantastic. So I'm looking forward to being with him in Carolina. He's um, he's the ultimate competitor. And uh, he's going to do great there. Just so I for him, his family. 
and uh, you know our teammates at Temple because there's a good there's a good bit of us playing for the Panthers now. There's about four or five of us that played together that are back together in Carolina, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome, and uh, you know obviously that gives you some uh, some great insurance at the quarterback position as well. <laughs> yeah, you better throw it to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he, yeah, no, he's he's always you know shared the love. When I was at Temple, and I was a big blocking tight end, and still have some of those same qualities and. Everyone thought, oh, the quarterback doesn't like you. I'm like, actually, he's one of my best friends on the team. It's just sometimes scheme calls for other things, and that's the beauty of football where you do your job and there's 11 different responsibilities, and you know sometimes the ball doesn't come your way. I don't mind it. So yeah. it was good. Yeah. I had plenty of good battles against UCF, though, along the years. Yeah. And uh, a lot of great guys you had to play with and for the Vipers for UCF, too. We had a lot of good talks. Yeah, you broke our hearts in 16, that, <laughs> that game uh, down here. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, I play with Jordan McRae in the XFL, uh-huh. and oh my God, he's my favorite. He's just the best. He was one of my favorite teammates I've ever played with. What a great player, too. I'm surprised he's not in the NFL. Well, hopefully he'll get another opportunity uh, at, at that as well. And uh, in the meantime, uh, as you've been uh, waiting for uh, the training camps to get underway, what have, what have you been doing uh, to keep in shape? Uh, how uh, you know how difficult has it been to? Uh, uh, not have the, the the structure of the team to uh, to keep that keep yourself in line there. Well, I like I like training by myself because it just takes you back to you as a kid, you know, doing push ups in your, in the living room, and it's just the purest version of like, hey, I got to get myself ready to play. I know what I have to do to push myself to get better. Sure, I do miss the team aspect, absolutely, but just kind of got to embrace the hand you're dealt right now, and everybody's got the same hand. You know, it's not like. Hey, if you live in New Jersey, where I'm at in K May right now, you're dealt with this hand. No, everybody's dealing with it. So there's some struggles to it, sure. Getting equipment at the beginning was tough. Okay, now I got weights. Okay, now I need to get X, Y, and Z to build out my gym the way I need it. So definitely some struggles, but uh, I'm comfortable with where I'm at right now and, and go, feel like I can take, make some, some pretty good strides before I get back to training camp uh, down in Carolina. It's been, it's been great so far. Uh, training down here in Cape May. Sorry, I'm outside now trying uh, yeah. to get away from the traffic. Not good <laughs> podcast talk. But, uh, hey, man, it's, it's COVID. Everything's different. But, um, no, I, I feel I feel great. Uh, bigger, stronger, faster than I was in the XFL. And looking forward to the training camp down there. Yeah, and uh, it's okay. We like the natural sound of the, you know, it's, it's, it's just real life here. So it's okay to have uh, have some uh, horns beeping in the background. That's uh, that's quite all right. Yeah, um, birds are chirping. And now we have a Wawa truck, which I know you know from Orlando, but yeah. everyone else lives in Florida may not know. But that's pure. That's New Jersey for you. Yeah, there you go. And so uh, tell me, uh, so you've gotten engaged. Have you guys set a date yet? Yeah, we actually did. This is crazy. Some people are like, what are you doing? We actually picked a date before we got engaged. <laughs> the, uh, we had some friends in town, and they're like, we can't get a date. Everything's taken up because the COVID got put, got pushed back. And I looked at Sydney. I said, listen, we know we're doing this. You know, we've been together. We've been at the University of Florida in 2013 at the Swamp, actually, and, and it's closing, which is just crazy to me, and that's a different story for another podcast <laughs> uh, at Gainesville. It's a staple. But long story short, yeah, we picked a date. It's going to be uh, the 25th of next year. So we're excited. Yeah, well, congratulations again on that. And, hey, if you've been together since 2013, you're as good as married, pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we like to think about it, too. People think we're crazy for picking a date early. I'm like, uh, this is COVID. Nothing's, nothing's on normal. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, 
Uh, Colin, we uh, certainly wish you the best as uh, you get set to join the Carolina Panthers. We'll certainly be rooting for you to have great things happen for you. And uh, we definitely appreciate appreciate you being a friend of the program. It's always great to have you on, my friend. I'm looking forward to you when we get that. I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you when we uh, get down to Carolina, hopefully, and give you a scoop of what's going on. Hey, that'll be great. And, you know, you are really now the first NFL player I've had on the program. So uh, you've got uh, wow. you've, you've got strong stature here. So <laughs> we That's look, fantastic. We look forward to that. Colin, thanks again so much for your time. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. And after a quick break, Chris Hill from Captain & Company joins us on the JAS Podcast. Five reasons why. You should listen to or advertise with Captain and Company in the morning. One, just under four decades of professional broadcasting experience. AM, FM, online. Two, programming music you listened to before you settled down and started a family. Three, live every weekday morning just as reliable as your automobile. Four, no spin doctor here. I just can't pick stupid. Five. If you got this far, please go back to reason number one. Weekday mornings right here on your favorite online station. Our primary objective is to keep the groove. I got peace. Oldschool101.com. Forget about it. All right, my pleasure to welcome back to the show once again from the Captain and Company Morning Show on OldSchool101.com, my former colleague at Orlando's Hot 16 WOKB back in the day. He is the Captain Chris Hill. Chris, how are you, buddy? Man, look, it, it's it's masks and uh, hand sanitizer. That's all. That's all I hear. <laughs> yeah, and you know. It was uh, the last time you and I were together was when I was on your show back in March as things were starting to get shut down. And besides the mask and the sanitizer, how have you been entertaining yourself with uh, with a lack of no sports? <laughs> yeah, we will find sports. It's kind of like a flip, flip over rocks looking for like gold. And, and if you flip over enough of them, somebody will eventually... Uh, You'll stumble across something, some little tidbit, and my God, the last three days have been just like this this, this whirlwind, and just craziness, mad mm. craziness. Yes. So let's kind of start with a little bit of uh, stuff. Uh, first, you know, the the NBA is planning on playing in the uh, the bubble of the world's most magical place of Walt Disney World. Um, there's some concerns there with the COVID spike in the state of Florida. What do you think about what's about to transpire there with the NBA, NBA trying to resume their season? I don't think it's a good idea, but I, I understand, you know, you got to finish the season. But there's, there's, how can I put it? There are other ways to end the season than to go through all of this. To me, the, the, the logical thing is you cannot finish any more regular season games. Just start the playoffs from, okay, if the season ends right now, who's, who's the beast in the East, who's the best in the West? Pick your eight on one side, eight on the other, and then go. Mm-hmm. So you and, think- and, and, let's, and let's play the best of five 
all the way out. And get it over as quickly as possible, more, more or less is what yes. you're saying. Yes, because to drag the season out into freaking almost Christmas, and then you got to restart again. And, and what about the wear and tear on the players? What about the ones that have the virus? I mean, especially the ones that have the virus, they've got to sit out two weeks, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. And then so far, nobody has really been able to, from a, from a scientist or from a healthcare side, if you catch it once, can't you catch it again? Mm-hmm. I've heard of people catching it twice. So why would I want to, as a player, risk? Man, enough. We got to finish the season. So, or, or you know, let's find out who's number one. Get the season. Get the, you know, like, let's get the end result not only for our statisticians but but our fans as well, mm-hmm. and for ourselves as players. We, you know, egos. We must know who's number one. Mm-hmm. Well, but I- anything. Anything else, all of this, you know, bringing all these people to Disney, they're going to stay at these hotels, and they can't go anywhere. I mean, it's a... It's a novel idea, but I think it's going to... The planet, it's like a knee-jerk reaction. I think they've gone overboard on it. Yeah. And, and you know... And then nobody has told media... A local media, can we cover it or how we're going to do it? Or it's like we're out. Yeah, and it sounds like nationally they're going to be at a distance as well. You know, ESPN and Turner will probably be on site with very minimal presence, uh, you know, because they're going to have to minimize the number of people that can be in, in contact with the players. Uh, it's uh, it's it, it's going to be very interesting to see how everything transpires. I mean, I I know you got to finish it or, 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 or find out who's number one, but to play all these other games just to get to the playoffs situation, I think is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I just think that's just forget it. Yeah. Well, you know the... Now, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and now, if, it's, if it's a funny thing about players getting paid, we're talking about million-dollar players. The majority of the players in the NBA make a million dollars. So, I don't understand why we're wor- they're worried about money. Mm-hmm. Unless they've just screwed up money and they've given all this money to all their friends family and, you know, uh, I don't get it. That part is just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. It's almost as silly as baseball. <laughs> well, we'll get to baseball momentarily, uh, but, uh, you know, with the uh, the NBA season about to resume. The Atlanta Hawks will not be one of the teams in there. So Vince Carter has decided to finally retire. He's been playing almost as long since almost back to the time we worked together. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And, and God bless Vince Carter. For the sake of an argument, here's what I would like to see happen. Mm-hmm. I would like to see an NBA team like the Magic, pick him up just for one, for, for a, 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 a goodbye tour almost. Mm. Let him play in some capacity in this round-robin tournament. 
and then call it a day. That would be... Let him ride out in the, in, in the sunset. Vince Carter deserves that. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's still remarkable. I mean, you know, at 43 years of age, you know, he, he can still, you know, play a little ball with the young guys. Yes. So, I mean, and then I think that would also be, it would be some sort of a draw, I would think, bring some more attention to the end of this season. So, I, again, do away with all the, 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 the so-called games. We're just going to do the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And bring Vince Carter in, I think that would have been, that would have made some sense to me, but who am I? Well, well, you know, let's get on the phone with him and talk him out of retirement and see if we can get that done. That would be that would be pretty pretty appropriate indeed. So let's get to baseball, and now we're you know after months of bickering and and grandstanding, the players and owners, the the season is mandated by Commissioner Rob Manfred, who let all this mess play out in front of everybody with the millionaires fighting the billionaires. It's a 60-game season, which is, you know, such a small slice of what a baseball season really is. Um, you know, I, I've had several people on the program who were under the prevailing opinion that baseball probably should have just pulled the plug on this year and worked on getting their stuff together uh, and just getting back to normal next year. Um, what's your thoughts on the truncated baseball season we're about to see? Oh, I have to pause on that one because I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I would probably let a few four and five letter words fly. <laughs> Baseball players, as far as I'm concerned, that from my dealings with baseball and the umpteen years of broadcasting, are probably the second biggest bunch of crybabies I've ever seen. Just crying, whining. Look, you play. Isn't a, isn't a normal season, now this is only because I'm just waking up from my nap, so please bear with me. Sure, sure. How many games do they play in a, in a regular season? 162. Okay. That is 100 games too many. <laughs> you and I both know after 60 games, do you suck or not? Can you make the playoffs or not? Well, let's put. Do we have make, problems in the clubhouse or not? Yeah. Well, let me let me let me stop you there for a second. The Washington Nationals were at Memorial Day last year, which was pretty close to sixty games. Were fourteen games under five hundred, and they end up being the World Series champions. So I okay, think so you can that, turn it that, around. That, that's one one out of how many times? If we had to do ten seasons of baseball and crunch the numbers, I bet you. At least 70% of the time, by the time that he got to the halfway point, we know who's going to be in the playoffs. You got a pretty good idea. You got a pretty good idea. Yeah. Okay. Now, the Nets, well, that's my squad, and and thank God they they turned around. But, I mean, we're talking about D.C. Anything can happen in D.C. Mm -hmm. So, um, 62 games. Go ahead. But I, I just think, you know, when I first heard about the one player that was crying about, you know, he was worried about the virus and, and he wasn't going to get all his money, so he doesn't want to play. And then I, fine, they don't play. Mm-hmm. If you're busy worried about your health, if your health is more important than money, which most people 
I would think it would be that way. Then don't play. But don't expect me to pay you either. Yeah. You know, and I don't expect these guys not to be compensated in any in any fashion, but it always comes down to this to me. You know, you always hear like, well, I play for the love of the game. I don't play for the money. You know, this would have been the perfect time to prove it, you know? <laughs> well, you know, college players play for the love of the game. Yes. Uh, in, in sports. Well, they used to. Pretty soon now they will get something out of the deal. But to hear a pro crying about, Money in a time like this bothers me mm-hmm. because going back to the NBA, I, as far as I can remember or recall, I don't remember anybody crying about money. Mm-hmm. They just want to finish the season. But baseball can't even sit down and, and, and get their act together to even start the damn season. And as far as I'm concerned, the only professional sports that seems to have their act together in this, 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 this trying time is the NFL. Now the, now, the NFL does have an advantage to the fact that they are not having to uh, have their season interrupted. So they do have that going for them. They did pull off the draft with, uh, with, with, with great fanfare and, and, and did it in, in a difficult circumstances. Came out looking like a rose doing so. Uh, they have decided to cancel the Hall of Fame game between the Cowboys and the Steelers. Um, I'm sure most notably because it is an extra game that they probably don't need anyway. And the Hall of Fame ceremonies, while they are wonderful, you know, the Hall of Fame is full of elderly folks. So it's probably safe not to put them in that kind of a situation uh, as well. But it will be interesting to see if the NFL will be able to get started on time. You know, it's going to be tricky because... You know, each team has now because they've expanded the rosters. It's fifty-five, I think it is now. Uh, you got all the team personnel, and even though if you play without fans, it's still a lot of people that you're congregating together. It will be uh, definitely a test of what can be done with the with the coronavirus. At least the NFL has got TV money that they can survive on. They don't need people in the stands to quote unquote survive. True, but I would. I'm going to bet that the NFL is going to play the social distancing card. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a full seventy thousand seat venue available for yes, available to be you know attended for a game, mm-hmm. they're probably going to bet. But let's cut that number in half to 35,000. And then spread everybody out, you know, six feet. So basically it would almost be, you sit here and then skip a seat, or a seat and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then you sit there and those people would sit like in the lower half of the stadium. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds crazy, but in your ticket prices, who would pay the people that really want to go see the game would really pay mega bucks to go, wouldn't they? Yeah, I would say so. So now you're taking the casual fan 
out of the equation. He's staying home. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I'm saying it or thinking that crazy with the NFL is because of the Brady move. <laughs> Excuse me. With, with Tom going to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Do you really think Tom could sit out? Let's say the NFL doesn't play this year. I don't see that happening. But let's just say they don't play. Then what happened? Who gets the Super Bowl next year? I mean, with, with, with Brady and Tampa, there's, that's too much of a... What's the word I want to use? A, phrase, a good phrase. It's like following the yellow brick road. Mm. The perfect season is about ready to play out. And I just can't see fans not being in the stands at all. I understand the TV money. I got all of that. I don't see how you're not going to have the fans in the stand. Now, the one thing I'm really curious about is because of our coverage with the NFL, how are you going to credential media? Because of the virus. Yeah. Do we have to take our own test or do we have to take your test? And I think they're going to limit the number of media there, too. So that's going to be a lot of, uh, I think there's going to be, you're going to be wherever you are, and you're going to get to do your post-game interview on Zoom. <laughs> that, I, I, I could see that. But if, if you screened everybody before the game, if there was a test that you could take, I don't know. See, here's, a, here's our problem. Well, my problem is Jacksonville. Right. Tampa, I've kind of written off for this year. As much as I want to go to Tampa, it, that's too, it's going to be too much of a pain unless I say, this one person, you've got Tampa, and you've got them all the way through. But then if Tampa turns around, for example, and says, okay, you can bring, okay, this person, let's say, Jeff, you get to go, I pick you, and you're going to represent Aquarius 7 Broadcasting, OldSchool101.com in Tampa. And Tampa says, Jeff has to take the test three days before the game, or four days before the game, because it takes us at least two days to get the test result. I mean, you see how crazy now this, this becomes? Yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's com- cover a ball game. It's complicated. But everybody wants to be there because that's Tom Brady. And we all know that this is the, the last hurrah. No, it's uh, no. You're absolutely right. It's going to be. It's definitely going to be a situation where uh, it, there's there's a lot of things to be figured out, and it's probably going to change a lot on the fly as well. So another story I wanted to touch base with you on is uh, NASCAR, and I know at eight se- at eight at eight seven bn you b- brother you've covered a lot of racing. And I want to step back a little bit before we talk about Bubba Wallace, and first talk about the banning of the Confederate flag. So, certainly a move long, long overdue, in my opinion. And I got to think that, you know, from your perspective, you know, share with me what your thoughts were when you when you heard that. Well, I I, I was just I was very pleased. I was I was pleased. This is this is an argument or discussion that never should have happened, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the South lost the war. So why are we celebrating losers? I don't get it. If the South had won the war, we would totally be in a, in a totally different 
society. But it's not that way. So with that being said, get rid of the damn flag. Now, I've noticed NASCAR changes, especially since we have started to have access to cover the game. I mean, the, the races. Mm-hmm. Um, our first time going to Daytona was a little bit troubling to me. And once we got in the track, I mean, the people I, I dealt with were very professional, very nice. Actually, they reached out to us about co- coming to Daytona to cover the uh, Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. And the first time going into the infield uh, and seeing the rebel flag, yeah, it was a little daunting, but I'm kind of like, okay, that's an idiot. You know, I'm not, I don't have to talk to that idiot. He's flying his flag to let me know that basically I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. So, let's keep doing you and I'll do me if life goes on. Um, once we did our first interview, especially with the Wood Brothers, I was, and Bobby Allison, I was just blown away. Uh, it's just how nice and cordial and, and down homey and, you know, I, I, I felt very comfortable having conversations about racing with them and they were very open because I guess they assumed that there weren't, there wasn't any black media that really cared about a predominantly white brand sport. Mm-hmm. And then I threw them for a loop when I talked about Wendell Scott. Mm. And you know about Wendell Scott from the movie Grease Lightning that uh, Richard Pryor played yep. the part. Yep. And the Wood Brothers uh, couldn't believe that I mentioned it. I mean, that's a big smile came on this man's face. <laughs> and it was like I just brought that members of Christmas. And he proceeded to tell me the oldest brother told me a story about how Wendell Scott the car hmm. on a car and like let the car roll up it's like he slowed down into the pit and when the car got to a speed where I guess it was safe enough to jump out he jumped out of his car the car rolled up on the jack and he changed the tire <laughs> And I'm looking at him like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way. And he goes, if I'm lying, I'm dying. That man could do it. And I'm trying to envision this in my head. Wow. So there were stories like, like you know, to hear a story like that from, from a guy like that, that, that's like me sitting there talking to Oh, God, uh, you need to go back to Super Bowl 43 and have a conversation with Joe Theismann, and then here comes Joe Montana wanting to take a picture of Barack Obama that we had a cutout of <laughs> at our, our media table. And I'm trying to talk to my, my favorite quarterback because he's from the, you know, back in the day when the skids were, were, were worth the damn, but there's the Super Bowl. 
the goat of, uh, of, of that time. Mm-hmm. So, it was a long, basically to answer the question, it was a long, it's a long time coming. We all should be confident. Yeah. And I'm glad that NASCAR has, has taken the, the reins. However, the situation, and this is from a black man speaking, Mm-hmm. You didn't know that by now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say this, but from my research on the on the situation, mm-hmm. I what happened to poor Bubba. I want to say in a way was blown out of proportion. The flag now the airplane flying over Talladega was disrespectful. Absolutely. Yeah. Go after him. Right. The people still running around with their rebel flags outside of Talladega. You're in the middle of Alabama. What the hell do you expect? However, they still won't forget. Mm-hmm. Disrespectful. Didn't like it. Love saying that that garage door opener was a deuce. If he wasn't in the equation, and it was his management team, Richard Petty, all of those other people, to be should have been the lead on that story. Mm-hmm. Bubba should have just worried about racing. Yeah. Bubba is a talented driver. He's been in NASCAR for several years, but he hasn't won anything. He's been close. But he hasn't won. And to have that, all that crap to happen, and people looking at the news and knowing what I know and I'm about ready to tell you, mm-hmm. I would, uh, Bubba, I would have just, if people had paid me, if that had been me, they probably would have paid me with, with, you know, tears in their eyes and a whole nine yards. I would have looked at the stupid garage door, open, deuce, so if you want to call it a deuce, because technically is a deuce, or was a deuce, okay. But I would have focused on race. I would have focused on Black Lives Matter. I would have focused on the basket. I would not have, and I would have let NASCAR do all the proper circumstances. I mean, I thought that was a, a, a great, uh, uh, Show of solidarity, showing that, you know, we're moving on from the good old boys in the good old days, but I would not have been on TV right about now. Yeah, I you... would have just shut up and let everybody else do what needs to be done. Let me worry about racing. Yeah, and I think this is one of those cases, too, because of the society we live in, you have the... Uh... The immediate uh, story comes out, so you've got a hundred thousand hot take artists running, running with their opinion right away. Um, you know, news organizations are trying to be first to report this, and we lose kind of common sense on, hey, why don't we investigate and see what the real story is here? Now, ultimately, I think the the grand result of having all the NASCAR drivers. Uh, you know, uniting with Bubba and and that great walk up the uh, up before the race was fantastic. So that was definitely the opportunity to get across a great message. 
And, you know, and, and then the other piece of it, when the, the hot take artists say, oh, we got another Jesse Smollett situation. And it's like, OK, uh, let's let's just kind of step back, take a breath. And nobody lets us nobody lets a story play out or get investigated anymore. And they did Bubba no favors in that regard, I think. Well, here's the here's the the, the, the story. But I'm going. And I went back and I got a chance to pay attention to the the the, the video clip that is that is populated. The the video clip shows the garage door with uh God. I can't think of the guy's name. It was October of last year. Mm-hmm. I want to say the 19th off the top of my head. The guy who took the picture, his name is Roddy Manway. If you've ever listened to my show, Roddy Manway is my last car, probably gone. Yeah. So my my buddy has blown up you one. And I'm so I'm so proud of you. And if you want Ron Logan's name, I'll give you his number. He'll be more than glad to talk nonstop NASCAR. Good old boy from, from Alabama. And how he met was at Daytona. His wife had passed away. Mm-hmm. Well, he was just really, he tried to, you know, he was reporting, but you could tell that there was something up with him. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, kind of took him under our, our wing and, and talked to him and, and, and sat down and, you know, fellowshipped and, 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 and tried to, to cheer him up. Life goes on, brother. Yep. We all moved out in one minute. That's the point. So, she was, she was, I think, that, I said to him that his wife was not his new angel. She's still riding with you. And this story, she's proud of all of you. Because, <laughs> you're the one that had the picture last year, and then had a picture of Brock the picture of the wife. And apparently, somebody had the door has been that way before. This was something that somebody just did. It was like that last year. Yeah, well, I tell you. Yep. I can see why somebody would have tied it that way so that you could just grab it and pull it and open the door. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me is where the brother should have, to me, Richard Benson told Bubba not to get on TV. And, and, I mean, what NASCAR did was, like you said, absolutely great. It was a show of solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the flag, the rebel flag are over with. And all one big happy family. Okay, move forward. Yeah. Bubba should have won the race. Yeah. If Bubba should have won the race, Bubba should have won the race. What do you have to do with a bad Sebastian car? That would have been huge, bigger than a freaking Royal Flag 
Yeah. <laughs> it would have been After all of that bull crap, it, it would have it would have been would have been huge and and it, yeah and it kind of goes back to the step you know it would have been nice if they would have done that walk with Bubba before that uh, that story ever came out but uh, but the again the grand result is you know we got to see that that sign of solidarity and it's uh, definitely a, a good thing to see and uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on NASCAR and see how they continue to navigate the Confederate flag and the the story moving forward and. Chris, it's been a blast having you on once again. And uh, real quick, before we let you go, why don't you tell the folks about the work you're doing with the A7BN Sports Network, which you've graciously allowed me to uh, contribute to, as well as uh, your Captain and Company morning show on Old School 101. Well, we're at uh, episode tomorrow will be uh, 1961. Woo, so that's we're getting ready for, <laughs> we're already looking at 2000. Man. That episode should be sometime uh, in July. And then I'm going to do like, uh, oh, what's the guys on TV late night? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy said the other day he's done 3,128 shows and he needs some time off. <laughs> and I think it's time for me. Let me get to 2,000 and I'm going to take, you know, maybe I'll take a week, uh, maybe 10 days just, just to let my mind just wander for a minute. But I bet it won't wander long because we're working on a project that's so huge that, Jeff, when I tell you, uh, I know you'll want to be a piece of this one. Ah. I got some, uh, I got an investor, a business partner out of Washington, D.C. that's involved in this. And also his wife, who happens to be a, uh, oh, God, she is a professor at Georgetown University. Excellent. Yeah, you got me curious. <laughs> and, 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 and so this is, this is fitting. So I might, my vacation might actually be going up north, and maybe I'll catch a, a no, I can't watch a NAS game in, in person. But who knows? Knowing me, I'll figure out a way in. I'll, I'll test negative, and they, they, they'll be happy. <laughs> I know I don't have the damn thing. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing big things with uh, OldSchool101.com, so uh, you might uh, use it for back to the day with, with you and I will bet you that there, and uh, yeah, they're looking to play great DXP with... Uh, they were kids. Yeah. Well, almost kids. From <laughs> Prince when he was alive, or Michael Jackson when he was alive. Who thought I would say this? Or, or Rick James when he was alive. Go to OLVSKOOL101.com or you can now watch us live on Twitch, TWITCH.TV forward slash Captain Chris Hill. And we stream live. Weekday mornings, nine to twelve noon That's awesome, and uh, yeah, I will. Uh, uh, I will definitely uh, be interested to hear what you're what you're cooking up, and we'll have to have you back on the show to uh, to break the news <laughs> after you do it on your show, of course. <laughs> not a problem, brother. Not a problem. Thanks right. for having me. All right, man. Stay safe and stay well, brother. All right, you too. And now let's close things off with the TV theme.
<laughs> the theme from Batman containing the one word lyric for the whole thing <laughs> is our TV theme this week. Batman ran for three seasons from 1966 to 1968 on ABC. After ABC canceled the series, NBC was going to actually pick it up. But after learning that hundreds of thousands of dollars of Batman sets were destroyed after the cancellation, the Peacock Network wasn't going to spend the money to rebuild them and they changed their mind. The series starred Adam West as Batman and Burt Ward as his trusty sidekick Robin. Alan Napier was Alfred the Butler, who was the only one to know their true identities of millionaire Bruce Wayne and his ward Dick Grayson, as well of that of Batgirl, whose true identity was Police Commissioner Gordon's daughter, played by Yvonne Craig, Commissioner Gordon, who summoned the dynamic duo superheroes with the bat phone or the bat signal, was played by Neil Hamilton, and Stafford Rep was Chief O'Hara. The series, of course, had its campy-style offbeat humor, the pow, boom, bang, graphics, and wild sound effects. Made you think that there was a little bit of 60s drug usage going on there. It also had a who's who list of actors playing the villains. Cesar Romero as the Joker, Burgess Meredith as the Penguin, Frank Gorshwin, Gorshin and John Astin both spent time as the Riddler, Vincent Price as Egghead, Cliff Robertson as Shame, Milton Burl as Louis the Lilac, and three actresses held the role of Catwoman, Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, and Lee Merriweather, who did the role in the Batman movie that was originally supposed to run before the series started, but instead hit theaters between seasons one and two. Another interesting fact is in that first two seasons, they ran two episodes per week on consecutive nights, which is why they have such a high episode count of 120 episodes for only three seasons. Uh, And, of course, those 120 episodes have lived generation after generation in reruns and syndication. So there you go. Our TV theme harkening back to the 1960s and the goofiness of Batman. And, by the way, Adam West uh, was always, interestingly enough, because he was able to play the campy character, was also very uh, uh, astute in uh, playing off of that in later years in reference to Batman. And uh, his his guest spot on The Big Bang Theory was hysterical. Great, great stuff there. And uh, please give me your suggestions for a TV theme or anything sports-related. Jeff Allen Sports Talk at gmail.com is my address, so please uh, shoot those to me as you like. And again, thanks to... Colin Thompson of the Carolina Panthers and Chris Hill from Captain and Company for being on the show. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.